0: So this morning we're going to continue in this series, The Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. And as we've said over and over, what the Father's heart is for his people here, is that for every single one of us, he doesn't just want us to look good on the outside, but he wants his grace and his peace and his love and his life to penetrate the depths of our being. So that his life, his truth, his joy, everything else governs not just the 10% that people see but the 90% that people don't see. It was for freedom that Christ has set you free and for love and for joy. And he wants to raise here, church is not about coming to a meeting what the Father wants to do in Jesus is to raise a company of people who are free in him, who love each other, love him, and love the people outside of this building. And through this company of people, this faithful remnant that is hand chosen by the Lord, each one of you hand chosen to be part of this remnant, whether you've been in this church 40 years or four days, you are brought here by the Lord. and. You must understand that. That's the truth. Because God is doing something magnificent in our midst, and we are part of it. So this morning, we want to carry on with this journey into the next session, and that's called Going Back to Go Forward. And a foundational issue in getting to know ourselves is this. We must understand how our families and our culture have shaped us enormously, far more than we are aware of. And they have made us the people that we are today. And in the Christian life, it's just one of those paradoxes, in order to go forward into all that God has for for us, we have to go back and see what has formed us in the first place, to see where we need to unhitch from certain things that have formed us in order to become all that God has destined us to be. And two principles, the process of going back to go forward is governed by two principles really. The first one is this, the blessings and sins Of our family going back three to four generations profoundly impacts who you are today and when God speaks in terms of family in the Bible it's always going back three or four generations and in that word family it includes uncles aunts brothers and sisters parents grandparents great-grandparents there is a continuum that has gone before each one of us that has brought us to this point today and that family group that we belong to has been am i am i booming okay i feel like i'm booming Um, (laughs) just hear this um That family that we belong to has been the most powerful influence in your whole life. Nothing that has come into your life has influenced you more greatly than your family and your cultural background. And it's very true to say, um, and often easier to see in others than you'll say, but What happens in the generations of your family and my family repeats itself through all the generations. Um, And it affects all the generations that follow. So, if you look at Exodus 34, I think it's 6 and 7. Okay. And this is where... The Lord is passing in front of Moses. And he passed in front of Moses proclaiming, The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion and sin. Yet, he does not leave the guilty unpunished. And he punishes the children and, the chil- and their children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth. Ch- when God- Can we have the next verse? Similarly, uh, when God is giving the Ten Commandments to Moses, it says this, You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them Or worship them for I the Lord your God am a jealous God and then it's the next bit punishing the children for the sin of their parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me but I lavish unfailing love for a thousand generations on those who love me and who obey my commands so I want us to ask ourselves what does that mean And I have it on the best authority. Uh, I'm not a Hebrew scholar myself. But where the word uses the word, punishes the sins of the fathers to the third and fourth generation, the Hebrew doesn't mean really the word punish in the sense that we understand it. What it means is the consequences of the sin goes down to the third and fourth generation. So the decisions that I make will affect Alex and Florentina, it will affect their children, and their children afterwards. The consequences are felt. And often, you can see this in families. You can see patterns. So for example, you might have addictive behaviors in one generation, going to the next, going to the next, going to the next you might have alcoholism and you might see the father as an alcoholic and the son 30 years later also becomes an alcoholic sexual abuse that is really common that you see sexual abuse going down the generations often people who perpetrators have been abused themselves as children Um, divorce Often you see divorces going down through the generations, where one grandparent or parent is unable to keep a godly relationship together, and they get divorced because they fall out of love. You can see that coming down the generations. Affairs, that's another thing. All sorts of things like this, these patterns start to repeat themselves. It's not a given, it's not... As light follows day because your father was like this you're going to be like this but you can see these patterns evolving in families um, I think we'll come back to a, a biblical example in a minute the second principle um, of going back to go forward is this discipleship requires putting off sinful patterns of our family of origin and relearning how to do life in God's family in God's way so there are patterns in our family and when we are born again God wants to uh, us to unlearn some of the patterns that have come down through the generations and to relearn how to do things in a godly way. Um, One of the things that I think it's really important for us to understand is that because our parents have acted in certain ways, our history does not determine our destiny. So if you're, I'm gonna tell you some things about my own family, but let's say, in your family, someone has committed suicide. Someone suffers with a mental illness or depression. Just Someone is an alcoholic. Someone is a sexual abuser. Just because that pattern is in your family, it does not mean that you are destined to carry that on into further generations. Your history and my history does not does not determine your destiny, because God has a new destiny, one written by him for each and every one of us. And the most significant language in the New Testament is about all of us being adopted out of our natural families and born into the family of God. In a very real and legal sense, legal, In heavenly terms we are brothers and sisters we will be together for all eternity we will never ever be parted from each other because we are part of his family God all of our sins are forgiven and washed clean God is our father so all those things about his love to us and his grace to us are absolutely true we're legally given a new name we're Christians we have a new inheritance and we have a new family but in this new family God requires us to go back and visit our past so we can go on in him and before I sort of unpack that I want to say something uh, Really struggled with this this week, so I'm sorry. In order to go back and unpack the things that have affected us and influenced us deeply, we do have to go back and visit things that have happened, form form formulative events with our own parents, and sometimes you can feel. You know, I couldn't, possibly, uh, I couldn't possibly go back and do that because they're my parents and I want to honor them and I love them and all those good things. And I just want to say this, that Jesus wants every one of us to honor our parents and to honor the culture that we were brought up in because he placed us, In this culture and with those parents for his purposes you did not choose who your parents were he did and our parents were God chosen by him to have us and our culture was God chosen and our histories are overseen by the Lord himself so we honor also and we will continue to honor that But in going back, we also have to be real and honest. But our heart is not to be dishonorable or to dishonor our culture. It is, I thank God for the good that came out of that. I'm putting away the bad so that it doesn't influence me anymore. And I'm free to obey God himself as I go forward from this point. So, I think it might help perhaps if we had an example to help us sort of put some legs on this and understand what i'm talking about so we're going to look at first of all a biblical family and we're going to look at abraham isaac who is coming or not he's coming jacob Joseph first of all I want to say this on the earth at that time this was the most favored family in the whole world this was the family that the father himself chose to be the vehicle to benefit personally and to benefit the world this was the family that was the vehicle for the promises of god on earth there was no family more favored at that time in the entire world so let's understand that and god starts with abraham and he gives him the promises so he says you know in genesis 12 i will make you Into a great nation and I will bless you I will make your name great and you will be a blessing I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you I will curse and all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you and it goes on to say kings and emperors will come from you every land on the earth will be blessed from you you are the most exalted person in the entire world god also gives him in genesis 15 the promise of a son and the last bit of the covenant with um, abraham was that the lord promises him the land of canaan and that through them everyone else will be uh, Will be blessed so those promises start with abraham they go to isaac they go to jacob and they go to joseph on the one hand the blessing of god goes through the entire family on the other patterns in the most exalted family in the entire world patterns of sin also go down the generations so for example in abraham we see a tendency to lie so abraham gets into a tight squeeze with his wife he goes into egypt and he thinks oh my goodness these blokes are going to kill me because sarah's a bit of all right and they're going to want sarah so i'd better lie this is not god's man i'm going to lie and i'm going to tell sarah just say you're my sister And then she gets into a right pickle because she gets taken into the harem. And at any minute, she could be taken sexually. And then what's going to happen to this, you know, divine couple through whom all the promises were going to be? They get themselves into a right mess. Later on in the story, Isaac, and that happens not once but two or three times, gets to run in the story in Genesis 26, Isaac gets himself into the same pickle and what does he do? Rebecca, you are beautiful beyond words. When we go into this land, the men are going to want you. Please, will you lie and say that you're my sister? It drops down another generation to Jacob. He lies about everything. He li- lying is a way of life for him. He's a schemer and a deceiver. And then you jot down to the next generation, which I've actually got as Joseph. But in the next generation down, you've got the 10 11 boys to begin with. You've got Reuben and Simeon and Levi, and I can't remember all their names. Now, all of them are liars you see it coming down and down. So those boys, because of their jealousy of Joseph, they plot together, you know the story, they kill him, they stick him in a well, no, they don't kill him, they say they've killed him, stick him in a well, sell him as a slave to the Egyptians. Okay, that is a big family secret. Can you imagine going home You know, let's say, Gerald and I killed one of our children. And then we went home to... All of our parents are dead now, but, you know, if we'd gone home to one of the grandparents and said, you know, I'm really sorry, but so-and-so has been killed. You know, there was a tragic car accident. But the whole time, we're living a lie. And we know he's two foot under in our backyard. That is a really big family secret, based on lying. And it started at the top, and it's grown, and developed through the generations. Oh, sorry. Second thing that goes through all the generations of the most exalted family in the earth, we won't bother going back, but, every single generation favored one child above another. And it caused terrible problems so in the beginning Abraham favors Isaac and then he has to be sent away and Isaac favors Esau and Rebecca favors Jacob thank you (laughs) and then it comes down to the next generation and Jacob favors Joseph and later Benjamin now that is ungodly to favor children like that and it caused huge Repercussions, which you all know about, huge repercussions. Um, there were other things in this family, the way that they, the way they conducted their marriages. You know, when they couldn't have children, they. Uh, can you imagine Gerald and I got nice girl, children for quite a long time. Well, can you imagine if I said to Gerald, "Oh, you know, here's a nice girl. Go and sleep with her." I mean, that's not how God set things up. Um, and that the way they conducted their marriages was not right Uh, other things you know that that weren't good and then it comes to Joseph and in that fourth generation Joseph suffers catastrophic events in his life so he's rejected by his brothers they've ganged up on him and tried to kill him but then they sell him into slavery so in one day he loses his parents he loses his home he loses his security he loses his culture he lo- use, loses the food that he's used to he loses everything and he's carted off to Egypt you know the story he's sold as a he's then treated unfairly and accused of rape then he's put in jail in jail he has a chance to come to the fore but then he's forgotten again for another two years Um, and then finally overnight he is elevated from deepest darkness to brightest light in the land And then at some point later, his brothers come back. You know the story. And at that point, Joseph could have been bitter, revengeful, nasty. He could have had every single one of his brothers killed. He could have ended it all there and then. But Joseph broke free from his past and he didn't act in the way, in the self interested way. That all of his ancestors had acted and so it says that he Joseph's brothers and he dealt with the grief it says that they wept Joseph wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard him and wondered what on earth is going on that this leader is weeping but he wept before his brothers he didn't say hey guys it doesn't matter he wept with them because it did matter he got the pain out But he forgave his brothers and in forgiving his brothers and living a different way joseph became a gift to the world he became a gift to his family he became the savior of his family because he broke free of the patterns of his family line and in the same way this is what god wants to do Among us he wants all of us to go back and look at our pasts because every single family on earth has brought blessing to you is that and emotional baggage and in some cases that emotional baggage is great every single family whatever your circumstances when you think what Joseph went through the hand of God has been on those four generations all the time working out his purposes but when Joseph is manacled and walking walking into Egypt do you think he feels like the purposes of God are being served when he's in jail scrabbling for food dirty no toilets no No you know, washing stuff, a crust of bread to eat. Do you think he feels like the purposes of God are being worked out? When he's experiencing all those things, the purposes of God are being worked out. And this is true for Joseph. And I don't know why Joseph had to go through all of that, but the purposes of God the invisible hand of the father was in that family from Abraham to Joseph and beyond. We could, we could go on, couldn't we? And what I want to say to us this morning is that you were handpicked to go into the family that you went into. But it might not always have been a very life-giving experience. But the invisible hand of God is on us all. And what he wants to do among us His people here is to penetrate that, that iceberg where we've, we've built defensive mechanisms, we've built, you know, you will never hurt me again. No one will ever hurt me again. All sorts of things that we do. Because we don't know any better. And it's like your parents, Nana, no, no, just stand up. Your parents hand you a script of life. And you take that script, none of us stop to think, is this the right script? Thank you. Is this how I should do life? And very often when we when we are doing life if you look back carefully we're often doing things we've become christians but we're doing things the same as our parents did them there often isn't a lot of difference in what we do but this is the invitation of father god to us next week we're going to just start well what's my past like what have i taken on board from my past For a son i run with as normal And I'm taking it into my future because there are some things for all of us that God wants to unhook us from the past and realign us so that we do life God's way, not just our way and coming to church. Do you see the difference? The Father wants to do a deep work in this company of people. He wants to really set us free so that our history does not determine our destiny, but our destiny becomes fully fledged, fully orbed, fully grown, and we as a people become all that God has destined us to be. Amen.